1: PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
0: This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it You can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.
2: This is an apostrophe podcast production.
3: We regret to inform you, the Rejection Podcast. Hello all, Sydney and Terry here welcoming you to our final episode of the 2020 season and to our first annual We Happily Inform You, the Reaction Podcast, where we chat about the season and answer some of your questions.
2: Every month in 2020 has felt like its own year. But somehow this season really flew by, didn't it?
3: Oh, for sure. Nine months, 19 rejection stories and nearly half a million downloads. We could not be more grateful to each of you for tuning in. We read every single tweet and reply and email and we're amazed at the community that's been created out of this universal subject of rejection. If you haven't already, you can follow us across all social media at apostrophepod. And please comment or message us anytime. We love to chat. You guys send us some great episode ideas too, which makes my life so easy. We've actually got a good chunk of our subjects ready to go for next season, thanks to you. So thank you.
2: As I think back on this season, one of the many themes that emerged in our series is timing. We launched our company, the Apostrophe Podcast Network, in mid-2019 and started working on this series shortly afterward with the plan to drop our trailer in early 2020. Well, we uploaded that trailer, and then the world turned completely upside down. And we weren't sure if we should launch in a pandemic. And we certainly didn't feel right about loudly promoting our new show.
3: The tone just didn't feel right at the beginning of the largest crisis in a generation.
2: Right. So... After a lot of discussion, we decided to go ahead with a quieter, softer launch. This show was going to be one with a message of inspiration and hope and perseverance. And as it turned out, the timing was right. And I think serendipitous. Because everyone is struggling to different degrees these days, and a message of resilience is so important right now, I think. And it's also meaningful.
3: Timing is everything. A few weeks ago, we put out a call on social media for any questions you had about the show, and we thought we'd answer some of them today.
0: Karen wants to know how many hours go into each podcast from start
2: to finish. It varies episode to episode depending on the amount of research required. Sometimes we have to read a book or two, other times we can piece the story together from multiple sources, and some other times we get to talk to people about their stories. But generally speaking, I would say the research can take anywhere from 10 to 20 hours. Writing takes around... Five days. Recording the narration takes about five hours. And producing and mixing an episode takes about half a day in the studio.
0: Jake asks, how do you decide which story to talk about?
3: Well, first and foremost, we seek out stories that inspire us. One of the reasons we started this podcast in the first place was because we asked ourselves what kind of show we'd love to listen to, something we wish we could find that didn't yet exist. And through our research for Under the Influence, and through being big nonfiction readers, we discovered so many celebrated people weather debilitating rejection on their journey to the top. That being said, in the retelling of their stories, the rejection part is so often glazed over. Despite it being the most inspiring, arguably the most interesting, and often the most critical part of their journey, so as storytellers, we decided to shed light on some of those darkest moments in people's lives. We start by looking for episode subjects whose resilience makes us feel either motivated and energized, emotional, or just in complete awe where it can become tricky is figuring out whether or not there's enough information out there to fill an entire half hour to 45 minute show. And that's where our amazing researchers come in. They read books, listen to podcasts, watch interviews, read articles, watch documentaries. And sometimes we even have the pleasure of talking to one of our subjects directly, which is thrilling because it's heartbreaking to come across a wonderful story and not have enough details to fill an episode. Usually what that means is that it's a story that's ripe for the telling, and we'd love to be the ones to do so. So we dig and dig, and more often than not, manage to find exactly what we need.
0: Mark asks, do you have any rejection stories of your own?
2: I sure do. When I was starting my career as an advertising writer, I applied to 60 advertising agencies from coast to coast in this country, from Newfoundland to British Columbia, hoping somebody would want to hire a green, enthusiastic kid fresh out of Ryerson. And I was wrong. I received 61 rejection letters. True story. One ad agency rejected me twice. That's how much they didn't want me.
0: Andrew on Instagram says, if you could interview any one of your subjects, who would it be?
3: For me, I'd love to interview RuPaul. First of all, I'm a huge Drag Race fan, and by the way, I wasn't before I dove into the research. I threw on a few episodes just to get a feel for the show and inform my writing, and I fell completely in love. RuPaul is an enigmatic fountain of wisdom and a self-described sensitive soul, and yet he's somewhat of a closed book. Through this series, we focus primarily on rejection as it pertains to one's career. But as you'll notice in many of our shows, we touch on the various other forms of rejection like rejection from your family of origin, rejection from your peers, romantic rejection, rejection of oneself, or rejection from society. All of these different categories really make up the human experience. But RuPaul is a black, gay, drag queen. The number of angles from which RuPaul dodged judgment and rejection are astounding.
2: And doesn't he also say, Sid, that his superpower was not fitting in?
3: Exactly. RuPaul managed to not let rejection extinguish his true self, but instead found a strange freedom in his uniqueness because he said it allowed him to play with all the toys and all the colors. He's not impervious to mocking or immune to judgment. In the 49 years before sashaying into the public eye, RuPaul was knocked down a peg or two at every turn. But as he famously says, what other people think about me is none of my business. It's made me ask myself more often, if all judgment, artificial, or societally imposed barriers disappeared, what would I do differently? Or what would I say? It's a very interesting exercise. For RuPaul, the answer was to take all those perceived barriers and crush them into a diamond and shine all over the world. I'd love to sit down with RuPaul and hear more about his journey, and maybe learn some makeup tricks. And we'll be right back.
0: Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods. Thomas wants to know, do you have a favorite episode of the season?
2: Well, I would say it's the Brian Grazer episode for me. I was lucky enough to see him speak at the Cannes Advertising Festival a few years ago. He was on stage talking about how hard he worked to get the movie Splash made, how he dealt with years of rejections. Then he said a line that stayed with me. He said, there is a lot of information in a no." And along with what Sid said earlier, the inspiration for this show came from our fascination with stories of success. But that moment from Grazer was also an inspiration for this show. We wanted to explore rejection and success and pluck out the insights. Because if you analyze rejection, there is an incredible amount of learning to be had. As someone once said, when people throw stones at you, you can still use them to build a pathway.
0: Sarah asks, who is the voice that says the stats at the end of every episode? Thank you for asking, Sarah. My name is Jennifer. I'm the unsung hero of this pod. Our faithful robot
3: sidekick. I need a raise. We'll talk. K. Jen's in charge of a crucial part of the show, outlining the subsequent success of each subject. We Regret to Inform You is meant to focus on the ways in which each subject overcame rejection and thus pretty much has to end at the point they achieved success, whatever that may look like for each person. But it isn't a complete story or a complete picture of what all that rejection led to without Jennifer letting us know exactly how it all paid off. She also throws out some great fast facts for your next dinner or Zoom party. Here are some of our faves. Jay-Z's
0: won Grammys with 80
3: nominations.
0: Sir James Dyson still vacuums his own home. Lady Gaga is godmother to Elton John's children. RuPaul holds the record for Most Outstanding Reality Show Host Emmys, five years running. Tyler Perry is worth $1 billion. Dirty Dancing is the first movie in history to sell over 1 million videos. Daraji P. Henson has the Most Best Actress BET Awards in history. Mike asks, how wide is the audience for We Regret to Inform You?
2: Well, Canada is our biggest country, of course. But our second biggest listening audience is actually Australia. Next comes the U.S., then New Zealand, then the U.K. We also reach Brazil, Italy, Finland, Thailand, and Morocco. And all told, we have listeners in 147 countries. It's amazing.
0: Danique tweeted, what's your biggest takeaway from doing this podcast?
3: That's a great question. I've collected many gems from the subjects and the research, but my biggest takeaway is that rejection is universal, yet it's so shrouded in shame. It's ubiquitous, yet it's extremely isolating. Lisa Kudrow hid under the covers when she was fired from Frasier, and I think that's the perfect visual to accompany the feeling. In the intro to our first episode, we said that rejection lights up the same neural pathways as physical pain. It's painful, it's uncomfortable, it's mortifying, yet it's a necessary and unavoidable part of life. I think the task is to uncouple those feelings. And that's exactly what Sarah Blakely's father was trying to do when his children sat down every night for dinner and he asked them, so what did you fail at this week? And if Blakely said she was cut from the team or lost in the debate club, he'd give her a high five. He was taking the air out of it, and in turn, lifting the shame factor. I think that's been a really great ongoing lesson for me personally, and I hope for you too.
0: Andrew wants to know if there are any differences between the stories about actors versus inventors versus athletes, etc.
2: There were tiny differences. Writers kept writing in spite of rejection. Inventors kept spending money. Actors kept auditioning. But there is much more in common between actors, writers, inventors, and athletes than what separates them, which is interesting. The biggest thing they all share in common is persistence. Even in the face of dozens of rejections from publishers, Stephen King didn't stop writing. Lisa Kudrow got fired from sitcoms and lost out on just about every audition she went to, but she kept showing up. Jim Steinman and Meatloaf were rejected by every single record label in the business, but they never stopped believing in their music. Even Fred Van Vliet, who was ignored by his high school team, he wasn't recruited by any colleges, he was rejected by all 30 NBA teams, Only well, he didn't give up. Now his salary is $85 million. Even after humiliating and crushing rejections, nobody gave up. It didn't matter what career path or what kind of category somebody was in, they persisted. I would say the other thing that many had in common was that they had a champion. So Taraji P. Henson's father, for example, never stopped supporting her dream. Stephen King's wife, Tabitha, pulled Carrie out of the garbage. Lady Gaga's sweet little grandmother told her to stop crying and kick ass, which is so funny. And James Dyson's wife, Deirdre, cheered him through 5,000 failures. So there you go. And the other odd thing that many shared in common was the number 40. Dirty Dancing was turned down 40 times. Back to the Future was rejected 40 times. Bad Out of Hell was rejected by 40 different record labels. Not quite sure why 40 is so common, but it is. Plus, 40 is a mountain of rejection. And that's why we say persistence is the load-bearing wall of success.
3: Well, that just about wraps up our very first season. Again, I want to thank each and every listener. I can't tell you what a joy this series has been for us to put together. We'll be back for our second season at the beginning of April. Until then, Under the Influence returns to the airwaves January 7th for its 10th season. You can binge all eight episodes of our true crime podcast, The Miami Chronicles Booby Trap. We have a brand new show joining our network called Alone Together, a curious exploration of loneliness launching January 11th. And you can listen to amazing conversations on surviving life with Les Stroud. Oh, and one more thing. Never, ever give up. The Rejection Podcast is an Apostrophe Podcast production and is recorded in an Airstream mobile recording studio. This series is hosted and written by me, 2004 soccer goalie reject Sydney O'Reilly. Research by Allison Pinches, who was rejected from The Littlest Christmas Tree for being too tall, Jillian Gora, chess club reject, and rejected novelist Abby Forsyth. Director, Callie O'Reilly, who was rejected for the starring role of Cindy Lou in Grade 3 and ended up playing Max the Dog. Engineer, Ontario Place stagehand reject, Keith Oman. Producer, Debbie O'Reilly, who was rejected from the Broomball team in 1969. Whatever that is. Theme music by Ian Lefevre, who was rejected from a Ponderosa restaurant job, age 15. and. Ari Posner, who was also rejected from a restaurant job for tickling the ivories too loud. Executive producer, Terry O'Reilly, rejected by one Kelly O'Grady in the fourth grade. Special thanks to Narissa Laduck, who was rejected from another job right before landing her role at Acast. And we're so glad. This series is powered by Acast. And a big thank you to all our wonderful advertisers Thanks for supporting us. Stay safe, everyone, and we'll see you for Season 2.
2: Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat
3: Instant Glam. Visit Impressbeauty.com/slash press
0: on and use code Presson25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press on falsies. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less in similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweaters starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus,